everyone, and welcome to another edition of AUSU Open Mic. Another great podcast planned for you today, and uh, we've got some special guests with us. Our executive committee team is with me. Uh, we've got first our president, Stacy Hutchings. How's it going, Stace? Good. Thanks for having me here. Um, while we do this, uh, remind us what program you're in. And I think our listeners would always uh, kind of relate, I guess, to uh, the programs that you guys are taking. So maybe throw that out there while we're introducing you. Yeah, so I'm in a, a, I'm taking a university certificate in management foundations. Nice. Thanks, Stace. Uh, we've also got our VP external and student affairs, Natalia Wanek. Uh, Natalia, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. And uh, throw us your program as well while we're, while we're at it. I'm currently in my last year of the Bachelor of Arts, um, major in English and poli-sci minor. Last year. Congratulations. Getting close to the finish line, eh? Yeah. Exciting. Very exciting. And the newest member of our executive team, our VP Finance and Administration, Al-Magdad Aldoma. How are you doing, Al-Magdad? Not too bad. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, for our listeners out there, we just had Al-Magdad on our last podcast. And so you're, you're suddenly a veteran now. As soon as you hit two podcasts, you're, you're a veteran on the, on the team here. So congratulations on that achievement. So I'm in the uh, business program. I'm majoring in finance right now. Uh, listen, we've got a really cool podcast planned for today. And one of the things that we always hear from students is they want to hear about some study tips. They want to hear about some tips and tricks for navigating Athabasca University. And guess what? That is exactly what we're going to highlight today. Uh, obviously we're going to be also getting to know our team here, but, um, what do you guys think of that? We're, we're going to sort of get into some picking your brains into, uh, some of the things that you guys have done that have made you successful here at AU. So are you ready to uh, kick this off? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I like it. It's trepidatious yet confident. I like it. Okay. So to start, uh, you know what, you guys are so brand new here and Al-Magdad, I know you've literally been in your VPFA role for a handful of weeks. Natalia, you you as well, you've got a couple months under your belt. Um, Al-Magdad, what if we start with you? Uh, what has it been like over the last uh, couple of weeks here, sort of coming together as a new executive team? Well, I can't say it's been um, quiet. It's been busy, but that's also a good thing. Uh, the influx of uh, so many students joining AU, including myself in the past year, has made it uh, more rewarding to reach out to so many different students and their um, different advocacy concerns that they may have. So, so far it's been really interesting and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, the truest statement that you have said is that it's been busy. Uh, our environment, it kind of feels like we're going 100 mile, miles an hour on a regular basis. So uh, you've kind of dropped into your role so good. Uh, hit the ground running and so great job so far. Uh, Natalia, how has it been for you? And I know again, you've uh, you came on board uh, sort of in that November time frame. Uh, you've got a few months under your belt, but you certainly feel like you've been around for a long time. How has it been for you? Um, it's been really great. And somehow the time has just flown by. Um, I think like even despite the changes on our exact team, um, we've come together really, really well. And um, we've accomplished some really great things and kind of keeping the momentum going for the time being. And I'm really, really excited to see I guess what else we can do in the time that we have left. Yeah, no question. And especially when, you know, here we are kind of uh, down the home stretch in a way. Okay, so if you guys are ready, let's get into the meat of this podcast because at the end of the day here, what we want to do 
is provide AU students with as many tips and tricks as we can here to help uh, enhance their experience and uh, maybe give them a, a leg forward here as they uh, continue through their courses and their academic journey here at Athabasca University. So to kick us off, Stacy, I'm going to come to you first. When you're getting ready to pick a new course, what process do you go through? How do you select that course and how do you get started? When I, when I um, am ready to do my next course, I, I've actually taken a lot of courses at another institution. So when it, when it comes to fulfilling what I need to finish um, my current program that I'm in right now, I definitely go to DegreeWorks and then see where I need to fill in those blanks. So um, if you go into your, your student profile, you'll see that there's a degree work and that's where I go into. And yeah, you could see... You can also do, uh, you can make up a plan there and get it approved by an advisor as well. So that's the process I do. Nice. And it helps keep you, uh, basically keeps you on track, right? Yeah. Because worst case scenario would be you you do courses that aren't counting towards what you need to get done. So uh, very important to, um, I use the degree works and then having it approved by an AU advisor as well is a way to ensure that I'm on track for completing the requirements I need for the program I'm in. Okay, nice. Um, we're going to go to Natalia and then Almagdad. Uh, is Natalia, is that a similar process for you? Yeah, my process is really similar. Um, I'll echo Stacy's sentiment about degree works, but I'll also add in um, peer course reviews, I think are great for looking to see what maybe other students have thought of the courses. And I tend to have like a little even based on degree works, like I try to work through more of the fun courses if possible <laughs> and do electives first. And then, you know, the cores that not everyone likes all the time. And now, like, for example, now based on my degree works, I'm in my final electives and it's just based on my own interests and completing my degree. So it's been pretty great. Nice. That's a great way to do it. And uh, thanks for the shout out as well about the AUSU uh peer course reviews, which can be found on our website. Uh, and again, that whole process has been really, really taking off for us. There's hundreds of course reviews that students can check out if you go to ausu.org and then go into our peer course reviews. So uh, definitely check that out. And I might throw out there that there are prizes in there that you can win as well for each month uh, just for filling out a peer course review. So uh, thanks for the plug there, Natalia. Um, Almagdad, what about you? Uh, similar process or do you have anything else that you would uh, do sort of uh, when you're looking at setting up a new course and getting started? Yeah, um, similar to what Stacy and Natalia just said, uh, the degree works is a really good helpful tool into like finalize and to know exactly what you're missing and getting it approved by advisor is definitely a huge key that I do. And it's like a hard sort of um, <clears throat> a hard skill that I try to do but also uh, a different sense i also print out the program outline this is something i personally do i like to print out all uh, the program outline with all the courses that is required and then highlight all the ones i've completed and then see off the bat which ones are missing and this is not like a, a final thing obviously the degree works is like the 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 more finalized um, way you should do it but i like to just put that on somewhere in my workstation just to see a little bit of an encouragement of what I've completed and what I've not completed, but slowly but surely, the more highlighted courses I do, the more encouragement I get from that. And then on the same time, when I pick my courses, I sort of know how many 
focus courses, core courses are towards my degree and electives. I like to split those uh, apart. And every semester I like to do uh, a few core courses are really focused on my major and a couple elective courses. So to balance out my semester, and that's how I approach my uh, choosing courses. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's great. Um, I'll just open this up to any one of you that want to answer here. But have you ever found yourself where you're like, oh, you know what, I don't feel like taking that course. I want to maybe, depending on life, you know, maybe I want to pick something a little bit easier. Or maybe there's certain times of the year when you're ready to dive into something that might be a little bit uh, more robust. Do you find yourself making decisions like that? I find myself not, but I think I'm one of those people that just, I'm a wing it type of person. So I'll yeah. just see, I have to do the course. It's very much, I have to do these core courses. So yeah. um, I just, I just take them. Um, yeah. And Natalia, same as you? Um, I try to take, well, you can never really tell with courses, but I try to take what I think is a bit more difficult in the winter, even though now in a pandemic, we're all stuck inside, but in the summer, you know, sometimes you just want to be outside. Yeah, it's like you free up your summertime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know what? This is probably an Elmick died. You kind of uh, transitioned us perfect into the next question I've got for you. And it's about, you know, motivation really and moving from one course to the next. Uh, so we'll maybe start with you, Elmick Dad. How do you stay motivated uh, during your course and even from one course to the next one? Yeah, for sure. Like like I said before, when I choose my courses, I try to have my semester uh, balanced out to like really major core courses and like elective ones. So that in that sense, it gives me encouragement and motivation because not all courses are just like really hard bashing material. And like I get like to switch from like a really hard course to like a nice light you know, something I'm more interested in, like, you know, the sidelines, like I take a couple of computer science courses or uh, philosophy courses. History is also one I like to, you know, dive into. And it, it's sometimes good to like feel or understand that you're a student and you're learning. Chapters, the beginning of the chapters, if they seem difficult, they're, they are supposed to be difficult because you just began. So that's something I like to reinforce myself when I do courses that are difficult, uh, especially in the beginning or even the middle. Uh, I like to just to think to myself, like, I'm still a student and you're still learning and chapter by chapter, page by page, the learning curve will go down and to take a little break from the, the hard material sometimes, put in a nice light course that you just uh, feel interested in learning and hopefully that will give you a little bit more motivation um, throughout your semester. Yeah, I love that. Natalia, what about you? I, I agree with Al McDad. I always try to put in at least one or two courses that might be a little easier or that might really interest in me and make me happy in addition to the harder ones. And then just staying motivated. Um, I try to put in at least one hour per day per course, even when I'm busy, which which is really hard sometimes because you don't you don't have the motivation every single day. Um, I I let myself take breaks when I want to. I will take an entire weekend off if I feel burnt out. It's just, you know, we're in a pandemic. I think it's important to be kind to yourself. And if you do a bit each day, even if you take breaks, it adds up over time and it makes the course load a lot less intimidating. 
and it hasn't failed me yet. So knock on wood. <laughs> I try not to stress. No, that's awesome. Uh, Stacy, and over to you. Yeah, so I really like what Almidad said about um, printing out the outline and then highlighting when he's finished a course. I have sticky notes all over with the courses I still need to take. And and I think like having that outline and, and more of a visual of how far you've come within your courses like will really help motivate the motivate myself, especially to to keep trucking on. So I think that's a fantastic idea. Um, also with what Natalia said, like trying to do a little bit each day that I think that's key. But um, also I, I, the beginning of my course, I'll map out um, basically my course and how I'll get from like start to finish and I'll have goals for each week. And um, I build in time for, you know, if I need to take a week or two off here or there. So um, usually I try to have myself finish my course content like two or three weeks early. So that way, if, if life happens, I have that built-in buffer. Um, but I think um, that's that's something I do is just making sure that I, I meet those weekly goals when it comes to the courses I'm in. And that way it keeps me on track and it keeps me motivated. And when you get to that middle point of your course or even near the end, when you're just feeling tired and burnt out, it, it, having that structure of like knowing, okay, this is the goal this week really keeps me on track and finishing my course on time. So that's that's what I do. I think that's great advice. Um, there's no doubt that COVID-19 has definitely changed uh, things in our personal lives. And, you know, I know that even when I was going to school, it was like, if it wasn't for the last minute, nothing would get done. You know, there's that feeling that everything sort of gets pressed to the end. And um, is there anything, maybe we'll start with you guys. This is kind of more of an impromptu question, but is there anything that challenges your motivation the most? Like, is it, um, Stacy? like, tell me, is it like you're just waiting for Fortnite? You just like, is that part of, <laughs> does that your distraction? What, what's your distraction? My, my distraction, <laughs> I'm really good at like gaming would be, but I definitely, um, am, uh, what is it? I have the self-discipline to not start gaming until I've done my work, because I know that if I were to start doing something like that, I would never get to what I need to get done. Good so, for you. Good for you. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what my, what my distraction would be. Um, I, I can't think of what, what would be, I think it would just be, um, life, you know, I, I do have, you know, a, yeah. a partner, I got, um, kids. So I think that's the distraction when, when life happens and you, you have to kind of focus your attention elsewhere for a little bit and then trying to get back on task. Like, I think that's something that a lot of uh, our members feel, um, especially during a pandemic, when you're trying to juggle all these other priorities or obligations you have on top of your studies, that's, that's probably what, would be my, 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 my distraction. Yeah. I think a lot of people can relate with you. Uh, Natalia, what about you? Is there anything that is like your vice, your distraction? Um, many things. <laughs> <laughs> I think I get distracted very easily. I, I like to cook a lot. So sometimes it's like, I know I have an essay due, but I just want to, I just want to spend the day in the kitchen or I just want to relax or like I'm an English major and a poli sci, so I'm constantly reading, but sometimes it's like, I just want to read like my other stack of books just for fun. Yeah. So yeah. like, instead of reading for school, I'm just reading for fun. And that's not good when you have like 20 books to read. Yeah, true enough. Oh my God, what about you? Is there a distraction that you battle with? Yeah, the distraction I would say the most I have is basically life. 
Um, I don't have kids. So most of the time it's just the outside distractions. Like everyone can kind of relate the last year was pretty chaotic. So I would say my biggest distraction would be like my phone, you know, just going like through news uh, sites and Reddit and all this like information overload. That was probably like my biggest distraction for the last like year. And it's probably will be for the next couple, but like, I would say the battle has always been like me and the outside noise and world through my phone would be a distraction. I think everybody can relate to that too. Um, You know, obviously one of the things at AU here that's been a real change is uh, a lot of students really moving towards the ProctorU platform for having their exams invigilated. Um, What tips do you guys have if you've used ProctorU? What tips can you share for AU students that are needing to take an exam through ProctorU for the first time? Like a lot of uh, students have the similar sort of uh, concerns. And the tip I would say right off the bat is take a deep breath and relax. This isn't your end all exam. This isn't your end all result. This is just an exam. And whether you pass or fail, you're still going to come out of this the other side. If there are technical difficulties that are not in your control, they're not in your control. So there is a human side, which is the AU, and they will help you in that sense. So right off the bat, if anything happens that is outside of your control, I just want to let everyone know, like, relax. It's just an exam, and it's not the end all of your entire program. So coming off of that, uh, I would say one of the favorable uh, browsers to use is Firefox, what I've heard. So I know there's Google Chrome and Safari, mm. but Firefox is the like the the browser that the ProctorU um, relates to the most. So get Firefox to help you with those technical issues. And if you do end, um, end up with technical issues, again, it, it will hopefully be solved. And in the end, uh, in the end, I would say is if you've studied and you've prepared for this exam, whether it go, uh, whether there's a technical issue or not, you still know the stuff. You still know all the information that you've studied that that exam or proctor you doesn't take that information away from you. So I would say if you're confident in what you know and what you've studied, proctor you shouldn't be an issue. Love that. Love it. Natalia, anything to add to that? Um I don't I thought that was very good advice. Um for me, I've used Proctor U probably for almost all my exams and it's a great way, especially now during the pandemic to write exams, but also like I've written exams in rural areas that there was no invigilators or the possibility of even getting an exam mailed. So it is great. And if there does happen to be problems, which does happen sometimes, um, reach out to AU and your tutors um, for help. And then also one of the things that I noticed um, and I know this might be a little different for those who have childcare arranged or other things, but if you happen to have the whole day free and your exam does start late for some reason, it doesn't cut into your exam time. So relax, you still have the three hours. It'll just take a bit longer to set up. Knowing that you've taken a few ProctorU uh, exams, 
do you find that your the stress and anxiety around that process has been lessened once you used it a couple times and your confidence was a little bit higher using the tool? I think it definitely gets a bit easier. The first time is always the hardest, I think, whenever it, it's something new. But I think that also comes with just writing exams. Like I get just as nervous in in-person exams as yeah that's online. true so i think yeah, it really depends true. on someone's comfort level yeah absolutely and uh stacy um what about you anything to add to the whole proctor u uh narrative yeah so i've actually never used proctor u um i've always um opted for an alternative assessment um it's just not practical for me to take you know three to five hours um to have a space that's child free and you know like i it's just not it's just not possible so i've always reached out to um tutor or academic expert um and uh, made sure that uh, i could get an alternative assessment and he's been really accommodating to me for that and i don't know if it's because um the program i've been a lot of these courses i've taken were in the faculty of humanities and social sciences and political science or governance courses so um, yeah, that, that's what I've done. So I guess my advice would be if ProctorU isn't going to work or if you don't have like a webcam, you don't have the, the tech that's needed, the broadband that's needed, then definitely reach out to AU and, and get them to um, accommodate you. Because, um, yeah, when we're in a pandemic and there's no really other place you could go, um, it's important that they can accommodate you so you can, you know, finish your course on time. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, let's shift a little bit. And, and I know as student leaders, uh, you guys have uh, been learning a, a great deal about how to sort of navigate through financial aid. Um, you know, w at, with your time uh, with AUSU, what have you guys learned about financial aid that would be helpful for other AU students to be aware of? And you know what, Stacy, we're going to start with you and we'll go the other way this time. Yeah, and this is something we've we've spoken to AU about and something that we want to bring to students' attention is just the process on how to do financial aid, especially if you're within Alberta. Um, it's, it's a little different than if you were to go to another institution where um, it's kind of just this one-time process or one-step one, one process. Whereas when you're at AU, you need to not only apply to um, your financial aid, whatever provincial government. And then you also need to submit a plan, which is on the financial aid website at AU. And, and then that is how um, their process works, which I know um, at other institutions, you don't have to do that extra step, but a lot of students end up missing that extra step. And then they aren't able to start their courses when they wanted to, mm -hmm. because um, you, know, you need to do this extra step a few couple months in advance prior to your start date so um something we've kind of want to we want to make sure that students know or are aware of like just to make sure that they finished all those steps that you need to do in order to have every, the process go smoothly so you can start your courses on time yeah absolutely and of course nobody wants to have that you know be in jeopardy of having that uh interrupted or anything here you think you're ready to go for one month and then there's a delay so i think that's great advice um, Natalia, over to you. Uh, anything that uh, stood out to you when it comes when it comes to the financial aid process? Um, I think Stacy covered most of it. I I would suggest um, 
just thoroughly going through the financial aid website, um, just making sure that all the steps have been followed and reaching out for help if um, you don't understand something clearly. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, now, Al McDad, what about you? And again, I know that you've only been on uh, the executive team for a little while, but anything that uh, stands out to you? Um, just, just basically what Stacy um, mentioned, um, how we're different than any other uh, U universities like UFC and U of A, you have to do a pre-registration plan. So I would say um, don't assume stuff because AU is different in many aspects and it doesn't just stop at the financial aid. So the biggest uh, takeaway I would say is um, look into the pre-registration plan uh, form, which is one of the biggest, if not the biggest uh, factor in your financial aid. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Um, and again, making sure you have your ducks in a row ahead of time, because again, you know, we do hear from a lot of students where suddenly the financial aid piece can be a determining factor about if there's a delay or not in being able to, to kickstart their academic career. So, um, yeah, I just think it's uh, such an important topic, uh, you know, especially for, for new students that are looking at really kicking off their career here. Let's move to a different topic. And again, something that's unique about the AU experiences is working with course tutors and course experts throughout the learning experience. So again, maybe Stacy, I'll start with you. Um, any tips for working with course tutors, uh, course experts, and developing that solid working relationship with them uh, while you're taking a course at AU? Yeah, so um, this this varies by which department you're in, like where your course is within. So when I've taken courses through the Faculty of Humanities and Social Sciences, you'll get like a letter from your tutor that introduces yourself, uh, introduce themselves to us. Um, and so uh, one of the biggest tips I've heard is just introduce yourself back to them, uh, to the tutor, um, just so they know who you are. And, and it kind of opens up that dialogue um, and, you know, you could start that working relationship together. Um, but when I do courses through the faculty of business, um, it's, it's a different model, um, and, and how they, and how they handle, like, um, how they handle supporting students. And I, I know that, um, when you start a course with the faculty of business, um, somebody actually reaches out to you by phone to make sure that you are all set up and ready to go. So, right, right. um, it's a different way of navigating um, different tutor relationships within AU, but definitely, yeah, forming those connections really will help you if you're ever in a moment in your course where you're feeling stuck, then at least, you know, they kind of can remember who you are and you feel a little more comfortable reaching out and, and getting the support you need. Yeah. And what I like about that too, is, uh, I remember I was in a consulting role at McEwen university, uh, before coming over to AUSU and, um, what you just spoke about, Stacy, is something that we used to talk to students all the time about. There's something so special about being able to connect with that uh, instructor, the course tutor, the course expert, whoever it is, right off the get-go. I want them to know who I am because there could be that moment, like you said, where suddenly I need, maybe it's an assistance, maybe it's a consideration somewhere down the road. And believe me, that person is going to be way more in tune with with what your needs are if they're able to say oh hey Stacy how's it going yeah let's you know 
let's let's look at whatever that is. Um, but if they don't even know who you are, or what your name is, I think uh, you're you're definitely not setting yourself up for creating that that really solid working relationship with them moving forward. So I I love that piece that you just presented. Natalia, let's go to you next, and then Al McDad. Uh, what are your thoughts when in, when it comes to any tips with working with uh, course tutors and experts? Um, I completely agree with Stacy. Like I'm in the humanities program, and at first I never reached out to my tutors because in something like an English major or poli sci, the answers are usually in the books. It's not maybe something like finance or math that you might need a little more assistance. But I've started to always say hello to my tutors. Um, just a quick little intro, introduce myself. And I just found it builds a sense of community in a way, and you don't feel like you're doing it all on your own. Yeah, you're building a little and, bit of rapport there, aren't you? Yeah. And then it, it becomes a lot easier to ask questions when you do have them as opposed to, you know, asking a question at the five month mark when you haven't even said hello, it feels a little awkward. At yeah. At, at crunch time. Right. And they're like, uh, who yeah. are you? Yeah. Now I need something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Al McDad, uh, anything to add to that? Yeah. I'll just add, uh, building relations is a really great thing. That's, that's, a very big takeaway of the tutors. How to communicate your tutor is also a big thing. Just uh, knowing which email it goes to, where to get it, in which portal, that's also a big key thing because when it does come time to you need help, uh, you'll be scrambling to know which email address or which phone number to call. <laughs> so yeah, yeah getting yeah. off the get-go, just introducing yourself so they not even not, not only to know that you exist, but you know how to contact somebody when problems do arise. Yeah, when the time comes, I think that's a great point to make there. Um, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna pivot just one more time because obviously we're coming down to the finish line. We've got a couple months left of your executive terms. Um, Al let's uh, we'll go in reverse order again here. But when you think about the time that you have remaining and some of the goals that you have, um, what new initiatives or projects are you currently working on uh, that you're maybe wanting to highlight or that you're just really excited about? Yeah, for sure. Uh, one of the areas that I really liked us as a, um, a student union to focus on is the job resources that students can find with us, uh, particularly VMOC. It's a resume re uh, review courtesy of AS AUSU. And it's basically uh, a resume system. Like, you know, you give in your resume and they give you feedback, but this feedback is very, very targeted to uh, recruitment centers and HR. So they will know those little tiny, um, you know, shortcuts or little tricks that HR programs use to filter out a lot of resumes. So this VMOC resume review helps you to build for uh, certain um, jobs, jobs that or careers, I say, in the future that you are pursuing. So the job resources, um, job resources that we provide, it doesn't just end with the resumes, but it also helps you preparing for interviews and also has a lot of um, external resources and search links to um, provinces and their career mm -hmm. fairs across Canada. So that's, that's like a big thing that I'm really happy that AUSU is uh, pushing is to help students not only right now, but in the future and little soft skills that do arise. So that's, that's a big one. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, you know, I remember when we originally launched that, uh, I guess this was sort of right at the end of the summer. Right. Uh, and the focus was around enhancing some of those career services that we offer. And there's no question the online uh, resume review service through VMOC is, uh, has been one of those cool things that we've done this year for sure. Uh, and again, the link for VMOC can also be found on our website too. So any of the listeners that want to check that out, just go to ausu.org and uh, click on VMOC and uh, under career services and you're good to go. So um Natalia, let's go to you next. And uh, what stands out to you that you want to highlight? Um, there's been a lot that we've been working on. And um, one of, I guess, the, the things that stands out for me the most is our um, equity, diversity and inclusion initiatives. We have an upcoming committee that um, we're going to be opening up to members as well. And then um, we recently launched a 2S LGBTQIA Discord server, and it's been attracting a lot of attention mm-hmm. and new members. And we have some big upcom- upcoming plans as well. And um, we recently also um, launched a sexual and gender based violence um, resource list for students that's on our website right now with plans to expand that as well in the future. Yes, absolutely. And I know you've been providing a bunch of leadership on that. I mean, uh, a lot of the EDI work and that has been sort of like an all hands on deck type of scenario. But um, definitely you've had, uh, per, you know, some a lot of leadership that you're providing. So great job there. Um, Stacy. A- again, same question. Anything you want to highlight from your perspective? Yeah, um, maybe first I'll just kind of tie into what Almadad um, brought up and and you know, advocating for soft skills for um, our members. So when they finish their program, they're able to, you know, attain the career that they want. And that's something that we've been heavily doing this year with um, AU to see them um, roll out like a co-curricular program. So then we can form those connections within the institution as a student and, and start developing those skills. And so that's something we've been actively, you know, vocalizing to AU this year. And, and I, there's been a lot of I feel like there's been a lot of um, internal uh, uptake of that, and and it'll be interesting to see if they do eventually adopt adopt that sort of co-curricular record to for students to be able to um, document those those programs or skills that they've developed within their academic career, which I think is is important. Um, also, uh, another big project that we that I like really wanted to see AUSU undertake was. Um, uh, the virtual food assistance program that we were able to launch last week. And uh, yeah, we know that sure. food insecurity is a real issue for post-secondary students. And it's hard to know what to what extent it is to AU, AU students because we're all so spread out. Um, we're all over the country. We're all over the world, really. And so we've launched this pilot um, project, um, food assistance program, to really kind of understand um, what the need is for food insecurity with our members and then be able to develop further develop that program so we can really help students um, get food on their tables and that's that's something that um, you need food to be able to learn and so um, if we can support students that are are struggling right now I that's huge goal of mine so that's something we were able to launch last week and it just uh, so far I believe is going well and uh, it'll be interesting to see how that program evolves as we move along. Absolutely. I can't agree with you more. The, 
the food bank or the food assistance program, I think is so cool. Um, you know, and I guess it, it, when you look at some of the work that we've been doing over your guys' term, but even uh, years prior to you, um, you know, we're always trying to be innovative and trying to find out, you know, where are the AU student needs? And uh, I definitely think that we're going to hit the mark here uh, with that food assistance program. So, yeah, love the work that's been uh, happening there. Um, you know what? We're going to wrap up the podcast, but like every podcast that we do, we're going to finish it off uh, with a few random questions that I'm going to throw to you guys. So if you're ready for this, um, I'm not sure if I would call this rapid fire, but it is going to be a form of rapid fire. So uh, if you guys are ready, I'm going to throw you guys some questions. Are you guys ready? Let's do it. Okay. So yes. Stacey, I'm going to start with you and uh, then we're going to go to Natalia, then I'm McDad. The first question is, what was your first job? My first like job job? The I, first I would... job ever that you like legit actually got a paycheck for. Well, outside of a paper route, um, I'll say my first job was actually at Kentucky Fried Chicken. So, nice. Yeah. And so I can, do I, I get to assume that you, like, do you get to just take home buckets of gravy? Cause that would be like what I would do for sure. <laughs> um, you, yes, we would definitely take home chicken at the end of the day, which is probably why I don't like fried chicken now. <laughs> yeah. I could see that for the listeners who don't know what's a paper route. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. For real. It's a definitely a dying, it's a dying profession, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Natalia, what about you? What was your first job? Uh, <laughs> my first job was absolutely terrible, and I don't like to think about it. Um, <laughs> Do you want to go I to your second job? <laughs> no, um, I was actually a cashier at a grocery, um, like a big grocery chain. Nice. It was so long ago. I remember I was still making six eighty-five an hour. Do you know what? I can beat you there because <laughs> we actually have a similarity. And before we go to Al McDad. Um, so my first job was bagging groceries at a local IGA, which is a grocery store that you probably don't see very often now. Um, and I was making five bucks an hour and I couldn't spend it. It was like, I was making so much money. I didn't even know what to do with myself. I'm like, <laughs> that was five bucks an hour, it's 14 years old. There you go. I was, I think I was 15 at that point, 15 turning 16, maybe. Okay. So you and I probably have a very similar resume though. Yeah. I, I love that. Oh, McDad, what about you? What was your first job? Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to say that Stacy just said that I had a paper route at like 13. Nice. Uh, paper I, route. Yeah, yeah. It was significant because it was obviously like my first job. And like thinking back, obviously you didn't get paid that much. But like when you're young, you get paid a lot. And I remember that job specifically because I, I have five other siblings and we always fight over everything. So... I just remember like getting that job, getting the money, saving up, and then buying my first big purchase was the PlayStation 2. And that blew my mind. So that's why it's so significant. The paper route is like a, a dying profession, but you know, kids, yeah. kids better jump on that. <laughs> you know what? I totally get that, especially when you got lots of siblings, right? So um, to, to Duncan's point, there's no question that that is, uh, I don't know how many kids would be able to say that a paper route was their first job. So you guys might be like a dying breed of, of people that have, uh, can say that. So, yeah, um, it's TikTok now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Al let's stay with you and then we're going to go in reverse order. Have you ever met anyone famous? 
That's a good question. Let, let me take a second. Let me, let, can we pass it on to Natalia? Okay. First? Okay. We're going to yeah. go to Natalia and Duncan Watasek can't be your answer. So <laughs> uh, it's got to be somebody else famous. So Natalia, what about you? Met anybody famous? You know what? I'm trying to think and I honestly don't think I ever have. And that's so boring, but no, I, I honestly, I don't think I ever have. Okay. Well, and maybe we got to define fame. So maybe we'll come back to that. Uh, Stacey, what about you? Okay. Maybe we should define what does it mean to meet? So I, <laughs> I think meet counts as having a selfie. So I yes. went to the Juno Awards when they were in Calgary a few years ago. And I ended up being like right next to the stage. Like you could see me on TV. I wear really tall shoes when I'm in these sorts of situations. So then I could see over the crowds. I'm already pretty tall. And so um, I have a selfie with The Weeknd. Nice. <laughs> so, and then Nickelback, um, they were like behind me. Um, I mean, it's very blurry, but I think it still counts. And I also got a selfie with Shania Twain. Again, blurry. You don't know that that's who it is, but I know. Um, so that would be my, that's who I've met. That's Which legit. Probably not the right definition, but that's what I'm going to go with. You know what? That's a good list. There's nothing wrong with that. I had a very similar experience. I was actually down in Calgary uh, coming out of a, we were staying at a hotel for a conference and it was during the NHL playoffs. And at the time, Pittsburgh was playing against Calgary and I just happened to hit the right floor in the elevator and uh, the elevator opens up and I had Sidney Crosby and Chris Letang in there for any hockey fans out there. And so I managed to get a picture with Sidney Crosby and it was like, I was actually sitting there going, damn, just Sidney Crosby. This is amazing. This is fantastic. And so he's like a Canadian icon. So, uh, that, that is probably the most famous person I've met. Fair um, enough. Al do we, do we want to come back to you or, or how yeah, what are your thoughts? Um, I want to say my celeb, celeb celebrities are famous people, not much fame. The two people I specifically remember is one, if anyone remembers, student bodies it's an old sh canadian show yes <laughs> now chris chris he's now a weatherman it's like a, like a weather like you know news channel so chris, who the person who played chris is student bodies i met him in a tim hortons that was crazy <laughs> if anyone That's knows awesome. that. and then the second a little bit more people could reference a little bit more is Rebe rebecca black the, the person who said friday the song friday yeah now, 10 yeah, years ago on a coca-cola stage at stampede and me and my friends were just like chanting friday friday <laughs> she did not like it <laughs> she didn't like it <laughs> um you know what the next question that i've got actually oh my god without you even knowing it you've actually answered this question already Okay. Um, so uh stacy i'm going to start with you and then oh my god if you want to just say your answer over again the question is what was the first thing you remember buying with your own money? Oh, the first. I, oh, sorry. Is that Stacy or me? We'll go to Stacy and then Natalia, and then okay. we'll just we'll end with Al McDowd. Although he's already told us his answer, but uh, Stacy, what about you? What was the first thing that you remember buying with your own cash? I I think uh, when I when I started my first job, the first thing that I did that I was like really excited about was join a gym which I don't know why I was just so excited that I could like finally like join a gym and start working out a gym. I don't know. That's what I did. I was uh, 16 at the time. So that's, that's what I did. Okay. Gym membership. Love it. Yeah. Natalia, what about you? Um, 
I think I it might have been my first guitar actually and it was probably with that grocery job and it probably took me a very very long time to save up money <laughs> for yeah, it but yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that was like my first purchase like adult purchase nice oh my god uh like I said without you even knowing it you threw your answer out so throw it out one more time it was a PlayStation 2 with GTA 3. Yeah, that was my first purchase after my flyer route, my flyer route and it was one of the best purchases ever. Did you pe- so. did you feel pretty showtime at that at that point? Oh yeah, I felt really really big <laughs> and awesome. I also bought that and I also bought a, a big 12 cans of Pepsi just for myself. And now anyone who has a big family knows that if you have like any soda <laughs> when you're younger, it's always gone because you're older siblings. So yeah. I purposely bought my own, put it in my own closet to have myself. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you bought your own little mini fridge, put it in your closet. Oh, I wasn't that rich. <laughs> and then just stacked it with Pepsi. I love it. I got a question for all my dad. So after you got your PlayStation, your, your child, you're doing a flyer route. Did you quit because you like needed more time to play your PlayStation, or did you <laughs> yeah. keep your paper route up? Yeah, legit. <laughs> you know what's funny? I, I quit for very common reason. Uh, winter. I started in like early <laughs> May, I love that. and by like October, November, I was like, no, 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 I'm not doing this. No, difficult. November thirtieth, and next thing you know, El McDad's like submitting his resignation notice (laughs) (laughs) and they were getting thicker and thicker you gotta think like the seasons are coming up so the fall flyer and then the winter flyers are coming so i was like no no no, i'm good (laughs) not gonna do those christmas flyers (laughs) like i'm out (laughs) exactly that's awesome you know what you guys uh this has been a fantastic episode um and thanks for kind of playing along with some of the fun questions at the end it's always great to get to know you guys and and sometimes uh random questions uh, those are the reason that we sort of get to know you a little bit more. So thanks again for joining us. Uh, some really great advice and study tips that can be shared uh, with the rest of our AU students uh, and the rest of this community here. So Stacy, thanks for joining us. Any last thoughts that yeah. you want to throw up? Um, I don't have any, but thanks. Thanks for listening, everyone. And, um, you know, keep keep on studying. You got this. I totally put you on the spot. Natalia, anything else you want to throw out there as last thoughts? Um, I don't think so. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Best of luck in your studies. Perfect. And El Magdad, always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be here. It's, it was super fun. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, don't be shy to reach out to me or any of us just to say hi, hello, and you know, just to follow up to any of the, the stuff we just said, you know, um, I'm pretty open and to receiving anybody out there that's willing to talk. And, you know, we're virtual in, you know, virtual university. So let's speak virtually. Definitely. Yeah. Reach out anytime. Um, one of the things that I've always learned or at least felt, uh, and, and I guess you guys have really spoke to it today. Uh, which is our theme for the podcast around, you know, study tips and tricks and how do I, how do I get better uh, at being a student? And one of the things that I've always found uh, with talking with student leaders is as your academic career evolves, is you just simply get better at being a student. 
And I think that that's something that helps to serve everybody. And uh, we hope that that's what we've been able to do today, essentially, is to tap into all the knowledge uh, that we've got on the call today and and hopefully uh, make your life a little bit easier uh, as you navigate through uh, Athabasca University. So thanks again for listening. My name is Jody Campbell. I'm the executive director here at AUSU. And we've had our president, Stacey Hutchings, our VPX, Natalia Wanak, and VPFA, Amigad Aldoma. Thanks again for joining us, guys. And I look forward to having you on uh, once again. So thanks for listening and have a good one.